Both the Swiss National Bank and the Bank of England surprised yesterday and maintained their interest rates unchanged at yesterday's monetary policy meetings. The Bank of Japan decision, however, came with no surprise whatsoever, smashing all hopes to see that Bank of Japan normalize its ultra-supportive monetary policy one day. So welcome to Swiss Codes Daily Market Talk, a week with a deluge of central bank decisions is now about to come to an end with a hawkish note for the Federal Reserve and a dovish note for almost all of the others. So yes, ladies and gentlemen, the Fed went hawkish this week and most of the other major central banks went, well, dovish. We indeed had two major dovish surprises from two major central banks yesterday. Early in the morning yesterday, while the Swiss National Bank unexpectedly maintained its rate unchanged at 1.75% level. The franc took a hit, obviously, the dollar franc advanced past the 200-day moving average after the decision and the pay steadied above the 90 cents level this morning, while the USVC also jumped past its 50-day moving average and also tested its 100-day moving average to the upside. But people who have their mortgages or a part of their mortgages on variable rates and exporters who have been obviously battered by a strong Swiss franc so far this year breathed a sigh of relief yesterday after the decision. Same in the UK, the Bank of England decided not to hike the interest rates by 25 basis points when it met yesterday. Now, the Bank of England's decision was apparently a very, very close call with Mr. Bailey's no-hike vote making the difference, that dovish difference. Now, cable sank to 122.32 level, which is a fresh low since March this year, and whispers of a potential return to parity against US dollars sparked yet again, although we are at this very moment quite far from parity, guys. So let's first concentrate on reasonable levels for cable. So yes, reasonably speaking, the pound dollar could return toward the 120 psychological mark and below if the major 38.2% Fibonacci support, which stands at the 120.80 level, is pulled out and lets the pair slip into a medium-term bearish consolidation zone. But to be perfectly honest with you, we will likely see the Federal Reserve soften its tone before we start talking about parity in cable. Now, looking at what the Bank of England did yesterday, you certainly know that I was very much surprised and very much intrigued as well with that decision of yesterday. Here in Switzerland, for example, well, the decision was less surprising because inflation, official inflation, steadied below the Swiss National Bank's 2% monetary policy target. The latest data also shows that the Swiss CPI is at no higher than one6 percent level, even though we are now expecting a monstrous rise apparently in health insurance costs and another 20% uh, rise on average in electricity costs that will certainly drill well, decent holes in our pockets from the start of next year. That's the reality. But for now, at least inflation in Switzerland is at the 1.6% level. Say the numbers and alone, it justifies a Swiss National Bank post. But in Britain, the no action 
reaction is quite premature, in my opinion. I mean, how is it possible for these old and smart people to rush toward the exit this fast at the sight of a single data point? You know, inflation in Britain is almost at 7% level. True inflation, which we also watch and which also sank lately, is still above the 9% level. And the Bank of England's official inflation target is at 2%. So the energy prices are rising, by the way. The war in Ukraine is unfortunately nowhere close to being over to relax all these energy prices. Uh, the OPEC is tightening. Sterling pound is now losing value, which means that whatever the Brits will be importing from now on will also cost them more money than during the uh, past few months when the pound was actually appreciating. And I don't see how on earth with all these developments that we see on the macroeconomic level the bank of england won't be obliged to hike the interest rates yet again now the only way is a really really bad economic performance from the uk but if there is one bright spot in this whole british picture well it is the FTSE 100 index because first the rising energy prices are obviously good for the energy rich FTSE 100 second well, softer sterling also makes these FTSE 100 companies more affordable and more appetizing for international investors who should, of course, think of hedging their sterling exposure when they buy these stocks or the index. And third, more than 80% of the FTSE 100 companies' revenues actually come from overseas, which means that when they convert their shiny US dollar revenues back to morose sterling, well, they can't really complain about a stronger US dollar. So there you go. If a more dovish Bank of England is bad for sterling, the combination of a hawkish Federal Reserve, a dovish Bank of England, and a pitiless OPEC is certainly good for the FTSE 100 index. The index has been left behind the S&P 500 so far this year, as the technology really is obviously what propelled the American index to the sky so far this year. But that technology wind is now turning direction. In fact, the FTSE 100 index broke its February to September downtrending channel to the upside and is fundamentally and technically poised to gain further positive traction this year. Whereas, well, the S&P 500 is having a rough, rough month during this month of September with technology stocks set for their worst performance this year. And that's obviously due to the negative pressure from the rising US yields, which make their valuations look even more expensive than what they already are. Now, interestingly, though, the US two-year yield peaked at 5.20% after the Federal Reserve's hawkish pose this week and is back headed toward the 5% psychological mark. But the gap between the US two-year yield and the top range of the Fed funds rate is now around well, 40 basis points, which is quite a big gap, actually. And even if the Fed just decided not to hike the interest rates further this year, well, this gap should still narrow in theory. So if it does not narrow, well, it means that bond traders are now betting against the Federal Reserve's hawkishness and that they think that the melting savings in the US, the loosening jobs market, the tightening bank lending conditions after the mini banking crisis 
and rising rates and strikes and the restart of student loan repayments and a potential government shutdown that's perhaps on the horizon could prevent the last rate hike to happen before this year ends in the US. And indeed, activity on Fed funds futures gives more than 70% chance for a third pose at the FOMC's November meeting and Goldman Sachs now sees the US expansion slow to 1.3% from 3.1% printed in the third quarter of this year. And someone at KPMG also warned that a prolonged auto stoppage in Detroit may precipitate contraction in the US growth. And there is no deal on the horizon just yet. And if no deal is inked by noon today, local time in the US, well, the strikes and the Detroit automakers will get even worse. Now, one's bad fortune is obviously another's good fortune because the Japanese auto exports surged big this year. They actually were 50% higher in Japanese yen terms. Now, I know, I know the yen is not doing well these days, but yes, you know what? You can't have it all. That cheap yen is obviously one of the major reasons why these Japanese export their cars so well outside their country as well. And in case you missed, well, the Bank of Japan did nothing today to exit its hyper, ultra, loose monetary policy. They actually didn't even give a hint of normalization for the future, meaning that the Japanese yen will hardly strengthen from the actual levels. Now, the BOJ governor Ueda is still due to talk later today, but with inflation in Japan, at the lowest levels in the past three months, we won't probably hear him saying anything life-changing, at least for the Bank of Japan. In the meantime, well, Toyota, Mitsubishi, and Honda shares are having a stellar year, mind you, and the US strikes will only help them do better. So this is all for this week. I'm Ipek Oskardeshkaya and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your beautiful and supportive comments. I hope this episode of Market Talk has also been helpful and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on X and on LinkedIn for regular market updates and subscribe of course to our youtube channel for daily market comments i will meet you again next week and until then good day trading and have a lovely weekend